All right, good evening, folks. We're back. Um, Matt and I are going to finish discussing the uh, 2020 amateur draft before um, the auction concludes on Thursday. I'm still feeling pretty confident we're going to have a season. Um, I know Governor Cuomo said that he wants to have live sporting events back soon, and given that he's been pretty uh, safe, you know, safe about things, uh, I thought that that was an exciting development. Um, so we hopefully will finish up the draft, but uh, we're going to talk about the double-A draft and uh, the second and third rounds. Um, are you excited to finish out the auction? Yeah, yeah. But, I mean, it's um, <laughs> there's not a lot left, but uh, I think it'll it'll be nice to finish this up. Um, you know, yeah. there's some interesting players left. Um, you know, we're, we're in the – I mean – I don't know. Is anyone going to go for more than like two or three million million at this point? Probably not. But uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I think uh, there's a few guys that I could see. There's a few injured guys still left, mm-hmm. um, and then there's some, you know, relievers who might break it. I don't know. Yeah, Tyon's still out there, right? Which I I actually for some reason hadn't marked him off on my sheet. Um, so I'd forgotten that Tyone was still available. In some He's still available. Aaron Hicks is available. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I don't think he'd go for more than a million dollars. Right. But he's someone to consider. Yeah, you know? Carlos Rodon, too, in a similar situation. Yeah, Rodon, exactly. Yeah, Ty- yeah Tyone's the one that's probably, I mean, that should, certainly should go for more money, but we'll see if he does. Yeah, I, wish, I, I mean, look, if he's available in the snake draft, I'll take him. Right. Yeah, same. <laughs> But uh, I, I mean, I'm sure he'll get, you know, he'll be auctioned. There's a fair amount of money left. And um, I think I'm most interested to see what Mark ends up doing on offense. I think that that's going to be really interesting. Yeah, I, I've been trying to get him to, to tell me something. For a while, I thought he was just banking on there not being a season. Um, but, but, that, but he claims that's not the case. All right, cool. So um, in the second round of the double-A draft, I, you know, just looking over to prepare for tonight, People took a lot of kind of like in the majors guys in the second round, which um, I think is a little bit different than we've seen in second rounds past. Like normally second round is where we start seeing the reaches on college players and kind of like, you know, the Jason Dominguez's or the um, um, other kind of international players. But this year there was a lot of kind of like established players. Clark Schmidt got picked. Um. Uh, you picked um, Nick Solak. Uh, Solak, and then um, uh, Tony Gonsolin, who was on my team last year, uh, got drafted by Dubner. So, what did what did you think about that? Yeah, you know, it's 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 an interesting point. I hadn't really thought about it from that perspective. But you're kind of right. There weren't really a lot of like deep dive, you know, young guys. And the one of the one of the few there was was. Uh, I thought it was a particularly bad pick. We can talk about that one separately. But yeah, that's that's interesting. Take, you, you also you didn't talk about uh, oh, Yoshi uh, t- you, you should, Yoshi yeah, Tsutsugo, uh, the, um, the Japanese guy that Brophy picked. Yeah, uh, another one. That's where I mean Brophy. I I look back at Brophy's picks, and it seems like to me that he's gone. He's kind of like changed his approach from. I don't know what his approach was previously, but it seems like his approach now in these drafts are close to the majors guys who have a role and then lottery picks. Like, yeah. Nothing I mean, in between. The, the two picks he made in this round, you know, he, he, he took to two go at the beginning of the round and then he took, uh, um, 
who's Aurel, Aurel, Martinez towards the end, who, you know, right. Aurel Martinez, what, 17 years old? <laughs> yeah. Uh, right, right, right. Yeah, and then, like, you know, Josh James last year. And um, so it's interesting. Like, I, he's not somebody who I would peg to – and then didn't he take that guy from uh, Colorado – I mean, not Colorado, Detroit the year before um, the outfield. Oh, yeah, Kristen had. Stewart. Um, yeah, who's who's not very good? <laughs> no, yeah. So I, it's been interesting to see kind of uh, Brophy's approach in Double A recently. Yeah, I, um, interesting point. I hadn't thought, I hadn't considered that. But yeah, he has taken a lot of closer to the majors guys more than I I had really realized. Yeah. So of these guys who are close to the majors, I guess a who do you think um, is like the most exciting future upside of them, and then. Who do you think uh, will be the most helpful in 2020? Uh, I mean, I I'm going to answer the second question first. I think that's the easier question. I think I think Satsugo, uh he's the one the one guy who I think has a pretty clear probably the clearest role right now. In that kind of worst case scenario, we're looking at probably a platoon a platoon outfielder DH for the Rays uh, who's going to get yeah. who's going to who's going to play against right-handers at the very least, might and then. You know, might also hit against left-handers depending on uh, how well he plays and what Tampa decides to do there. But you know, Tampa wants to they're, – they're going to platoon everybody. And, and um, you know, I think the idea is probably that he'll start as a platoon guy. But, you know, that's like worst-case scenario. You've got, you know, a solid platoon bat. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. who, and I guess they, they've tried him out at third base too, so maybe some positional flexibility. We'll see. They don't really have like yeah, a – they're trying, they're trying everybody at yeah. third base. Nate, Nate, Nate Logan looks yeah, like Yeah, I heard that too. Um, I guess they don't believe in Yandy Diaz, what this tells me. It's, it makes sense. Um, I mean, the other guys are, are, are tougher to – I mean, most likely Gonsolin is probably going to be a reliever or a swingman kind of guy this year. Mm-hmm. Um, he, he might get some starts – uh, Schmidt, maybe he pitches for the Yankees this year. They have they have a lot of depth. Uh, maybe some of those injuries resolve themselves by the time the season actually gets started. And so it's kind of hard to hard to know if um, if he's going to play in the majors. I, I do like Clark Schmidt a lot. Uh, I think he I think he's, he's yeah. I think he could be valuable down the line. He's a guy. I know he, the, the reports on him this spring were outstanding. Um, so mm-hmm. so I think. He's got a chance, but his role is unclear. And then, I mean, I really like Nick Solak. Uh, again, though, I think it's it's his role is not entirely clear. Um, you know, is he going to get regular playing yeah. time, or is he going to be kind of a part timer? Um, I think his. I think most likely he he's a full time player next year. But the thing is, they've he may be kind of a part-time outfielder DH. And the thing is, they also have Willie Calhoun and Chinsu Chu on that roster. And they're all kind of the same type of guys who they can hit enough, but they can't really play the field very well. And you can't, it's kind of hard to use all three of them at the same time. Yeah. It's possible that they'll just give up on Odor and let him play. Slack play second. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it sounded like um, uh, when Calhoun got hurt uh, in, in the spring before all this happened, it sounded like, uh, Solak was going to be the starting left fielder, and then, but now Calhoun will probably be healthy by the time the season starts. He they mm-hmm. they tried him in center. I don't think he was very good, but again, like their their option, the, the Rangers' options in center field and like first base, not a lot of bad players. They don't like Danny Santana is not a good player. Um, 
Greg Bird is in the first base competition. Like, I, there, there are a lot of places right. where Solak could could find playing time here. And is, is it their intention to play Gallo in center? Uh, no, Gallo's playing right. I think. Okay. I think they, he's on like some depth. He's on some depth charts at, at center field, which I was kind of shocked. About. I think I think they said Danny Santana is going to be the center, the starting center fielder. Got it. I didn't think he had that much like outfield range. He's. I think he's like an okay. I mean, he played some center last year. I think. Um, I think he's like a I decent defender. I mean, he was. Um, I don't know. He's. I think he's kind of like Aaron Judge, and then he's a little bit more athletic than maybe he's given credit for. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but I like Solak a lot. I think Solak's the kind of guy, as long as he's playing, he's going to be useful because uh, he, he can hit and he can run. <laughs> did you consider uh, Horner at that spot? And what did you like about Solak more than Horner? I just thought Solak had more upside with the bat, even though I think there's a, a strong possibility that Horner's the better real-life player there. Um, mm-hmm. Horner's we, – and we can talk about Horner in more detail too. And Horner is a guy is a really tough guy to get a read on that coming out of Stanford, he had no power, uh, just did not hit. Yeah. You know, he could hit, but he, he, he had no power. And then they changed his swing and he showed power briefly. And then he immediately hurt his, hurt his wrist <laughs> and the power disappeared again. And now it's like, right. I, you know, it's hard to know what's real there. Um, if if he yeah. if he is going to hit for power or not, I mean, and I don't think he's ever going to be a big power guy. But if he's the kind of guy who could hit twenty home runs, he could be great because he can really hit. Um, if he's if he's right, if he's right, going right. to hit ten to twelve home runs, it's a different story. Um, and then that kind of yeah, unless he steals unless he steals more than like twenty bases, right? And I don't, I don't see him as the kind of guy who's going to run that much. I mean, he's athletic, but I don't think he's going to steal you know twenty plus bases on the regular. Yeah, no, um, probably more like. Although, you know, if he gets if he goes fifteen fifteen and doesn't kill you in OBP, second base is kind of a mess. I take it. Right. You know? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think you, you're, you're looking at you're hoping for something kind of like a Luis Arias with a little bit more power. It's kind of like what you're dreaming on him, maybe. Um, right. Good OBP. And what about your? Where's Arias now? He's he got traded right for, to. Um... Uh, I, I said all right, Luis. Arias of the Twins, but you're but oh, there's also oh, there's also Luis Urias who's uh, with. Um, Milwaukee now. Yeah, he got traded in the um, in the I, I forget what deal it was from the podcast. Yeah, the uh, Trent Grisham trade. Trent Grisham deal, exactly. All right. Yeah. All right. So, which of the second round picks did you like? The did you do you want to go with dislike or like first? Um, like, which, I, which were your favorite and least favorite? I really, I, I, I don't know if I, I don't know how much I talked about this. I can't even remember how much I. I thought about how much I did not like the Oscar Colas pick. Um, so for those who don't know much about Oscar Colas, he's a Cuban player. He defected. He played in the minor leagues in Japan last year. Theoretically, he is a two-way player because uh, that's where he, he, he both pitched and played the outfield, I believe, in the minor leagues in Japan last year. Uh, Eric Log you know, Hagen basically said he's a non-prospect. He said he can't pitch. He can't play the field. He's at best a DH Likely never gets the majors. I think he put a 35 on him as a prospect. Uh, this is not, Ouch. yeah, this is not the kind of guy that should have been drafted in LDB. I think there was maybe a little bit, a little bit of overexcitement. Um, I mean, I, I feel like this has happened with some of these Cuban guys um, that mm-hmm. we, we don't really know what they are, and um, there's a little bit of buzz, and someone drafts them, and then they end up being yeah. terrib- terrible. Terrible. <laughs> 
Well, I mean, the problem is like for every Lazarito, there's Lewis Robert or Yasiel Puig, right. right? Like, there's a lot of there have been guys who have been helpful, right. and or Jose Abreu, and you want to be a year early on them right. because if you're not, then you're then you're done, you know? Yeah, the track record on these guys lately has been has been rough. Yeah, it's been bad. It's been bad. No question. I mean, I remember Lazarito, like, they were just like, oh, he's the best thing ever. <laughs> you know, like, it's, it, it's amazing the way these, like, kind of, it must be like, you know, their backers get these stories written about right. these guys. You know, and they, and they get they get good bonuses. Teams, you know, believe in them enough to give them, you know, seven-figure bonuses. That, that, you know, that, that, tell, that tells you there's at least, you know, some belief from the industry that there's something yeah, yeah, there. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm not sure Colas is going to get that. Maybe he will. We'll see. You know, well, we won't see. I don't know. How, I don't know how the international signing period is going to work this year. Yeah, who knows? Um, um, other picks that you didn't like in the second round? Um, that that's the one that really stood out to me. There's not. There's no one else who I'm like. Whoa, that was a a dicey pick. Um, you know, I, there are some of the guys who, in terms of picks, I like. There are some guys who fell further than I expected. Aravis Martinez is one of them. I feel like. We're usually all over these these teenagers, um, especially ones that like actually get on top 100 lists. And mm-hmm. to see him drop to the, the back of the second round was kind of surprising. I think Alec Thomas uh, yeah, is another guy. My favorite pick. I'm, I'm really surprised that he lasted as long as he did. I had him as kind of was, early early to mid second, even late first rounder. Yeah, I mean, I think that some lists have Thomas ahead of Carroll. Yeah, oh yeah, a bunch in, of places in Arizona, and. Carol, what went fourth? Yeah, fourth or yeah, fourth or fifth was it fourth or fifth? Fifth. So I mean, yeah. So I was really surprised that Thomas was still there. I thought that he would go much earlier. And it was good, good value pick by Sean there. Yeah, I, 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 I also like, uh, I like Mark Jose Garcia pick. That's a guy. That's another Cuban yeah. player actually, uh, but a player who's who's gotten some playing time, and I feel like whose whose stock is kind of was kind of on the rise during spring training. Um, showed yeah. up on a couple top 100 lists, I think. But uh, I think is I think I've seen a couple of people say, if I had to do it all over again, I would have ranked him a lot higher than I did. Yeah, people, people, I think Hunter Bishop also is a guy who has been getting a lot of juice recently and like going to climb up lists. Yeah. The, the, I mean, San Francisco is a tough place to play, though. <laughs> it's it's, just, it's, just, it's a real knock on any hitting prospect but bishop could be good what 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 do you think it what makes it hard about it you think i mean it's just the it's it's the air really I, I, yeah, it's, oh, yeah it's just they've got with the, the marine what they got the marine layer it just makes the, the ball it's so one it, it's cold in the summer it's like probably the coldest park in in the, yeah. in the u.s and there's a direct relationship between ball distance travel and temperature so there's that plus there's this marine layer yeah. thing and so the ball just doesn't travel there um you know god barry bonds was pretty yeah good. seriously <laughs> it just shows you how good how good bonds was that he was just destroying baseballs there regardless what did you think about uh bro i didn't even realize that bro had emerson hancock in the second as well what did you think about that yeah i like hancock i, I think that was, this is probably about right for where where he should where he should have gone um it seemed like he was a guy who whose stock maybe had dipped a little bit since uh, with the college season, but I think he's mm-hmm. still going to be probably a top five pick in this draft. Certainly a top ten pick. Um, there seems there seem to be concerns about inconsistency with him. Some some scouts went out and saw him. He looked great, and the next start he'd be a mess. 
Um, mm. think, I think the raw stuff is maybe not as amazing as you'd want for a guy who's also got that consistency issue. And so, uh, and Logan Hagen put out his, in his new pro, let me take a look real quick. He put out his new, um, draft prospects list and he said like where they would rank in the top 100 and he had him at 75. So, you know, the middle of the second, it's probably around where some of the other pitchers who, who were drafted in this round went Shane Baz and, uh, Simeon Woods, Richardson, yeah, Jordan Blazovich. Those, those guys are all in that range too. So I think it's a perfectly fine pick here. I think at the time it lo- it maybe looked like a bit of a better pick than it turned out to be because I think his stock has dropped a little bit since we drafted. Mm-hmm. Who did who did the Mets trade uh, Richardson for? I don't know. Um, I didn't know that he was a that he was a Mets guy. I'm pretty sure he was. Well, I'll look into that while we're talking. I thought that. Um... The Thomas pick was nice. I um, I thought Goslin is kind of an odd pick in a double-A draft. I think, like, he would have gone for, like, $2 million in the in the auction. Yeah, I mean, he's he's one of those guys where if he wasn't with the Dodgers, I think would be a lot more valuable. But he's just – he's facing, like, such a battle for a rotation spot and for playing time and is going to continue to, to have to deal with that. He he. Uh, Richardson was like the major piece in the Stroman. Uh, okay. Oh, that's right. That's right. I didn't know that. Yeah. But I thought Chris did it. You know, Chris also did this kind of like high prospecty and then kind of high floor thing with Varsho and Schmidt. Um, if Varsho could stick at catcher, I think that he's an interesting player. Um, you know, obviously his value will dip a bit if he ends up in the outfield or with no position. Right. Yeah. I mean, I think with Varsho, the dream is that um, you kind of get an av- like a Evan Gaddis situation where he, he plays enough games at catcher to, to get you eligibility there, but he's not really a catcher. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, he, he plays yeah, catcher yeah, yeah. once a week or something like that. And, and he's eligible there. Uh, Cause it seems like he's got yeah. the kind of bat that can, that can play elsewhere. And too, if you have a, a guy who can legitimately, you know, has a bat good enough to play in the outfield, but has catcher eligibility, that's a top five catcher. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah, maybe even like a top three catcher. Um, so I, 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 oh. I, I like Varsha. We, you know, not a lot. Was, was he the only catcher that got drafted this year? And a lot of other catchers who could have been drafted who did not. And uh, yeah, no, Sean Murphy didn't go and. Uh, what's the uh, bark? Yeah, what's the what's the Padres the guy? Uh, the Padres have a catcher um, who is also quite highly regarded and who could have gotten drafted. Uh, hold on. Well, there's a Mets guy, Alvarez. Yeah, he's yeah. real young though. Um, at least Luis Campisano is the is the oh, guy yeah, for the yeah, Padres yeah. who I thought also could have legitimately gone. Yeah. Well, hopefully they'll stick with me here for a uh, long. But time. What, one other thing on Marsha, then I feel like I've read this a few places. It's like there there seems to be this thought that they are going to transition to robot umps, you know, a computerized strike zone at some point and pitch framing will no longer matter. And guys who struggle with pitch framing like Dalton Varsho could be a catch, could be catchers because that's, that's one of the things that he doesn't do very well. And so guys like that got catcher catching prospects who are kind of fringy defensively now might actually get to play a little bit more catcher and actually be catchers because mm-hmm. of that. That's interesting. I hope we don't go to robot umps. I thought, they they seem to so one thing I saw I'm trying to remember where someone someone's playing around with it in some other league um, I don't know if it was like a like the Atlantic League no they, they, they did it, it in like it was like in 
spring training in Japan or something. But anyway, they like shorten the games by like six minutes, and I think that's really appealing to Mark Man- Rob Rob Manfred. Um, but it seems like it's it, it would shorten the games up, and you know that that's one thing they're looking to do. So if robot arms right. get you there, that's then then I think it's even more yeah. likely that it's going to happen. Yeah, that's interesting. All right, so the third round though, we saw plenty of kind of far out there guys that are young and kind of uh, lottery picks. So, you know, it was an interesting round. I thought that, you know, uh, Marquez, that Dubner picked, fell pretty far. I thought that he was probably going to go in the second. Um, but he went in the early third. Yeah, I mean, I think he's in that same group. I, 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 I don't know. I mean, he and Shane Bass have, like, the exact same scouting report. <laughs> like, they they're they're right. guy they're high you know they're they're guys who worst case scenario they're going to be relievers they throw real hard they maybe don't do enough yeah, else right right now um, to be starting pitchers and it depends on how they develop from here but I mean, it seems like both could be both are going to be good relief pitchers if if nothing else and maybe in with but if if they can develop other pitches because of how hard they throw they have very high ceilings so if, if it breaks right for them. Right, we're probably a long ways away from knowing the answer. That, yeah, absolutely. Uh, on both of those guys. Um, so which of these uh, lottery picks do you like the best or the worst? Obviously, you must like your own guy. Yeah, I mean. Talk a little bit about some of these young guys. Yeah, we talked about Veen on the last one, so I won't, I won't spend too much time on Veen. Um, I don't know. I, 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 I've read more about Eric Pena Um since the draft, I kind of thought at the time that he was maybe a little too far off. I mean, he seems like the kind of guy who's got that ceiling that you're that you're looking for. But I mean, you know, he's sixteen. Yeah, he's, and I'm also surprised that um, oh, what's his what's his name from Oakland? Um, who was the, uh, Poisson, yeah, Robert Poisson didn't go. They're they're kind of similar. Um, yeah, I thought Poisson had a chance to go in the first round. Yeah, I, I thought he would go somewhere in this draft, and and it didn't it didn't mm-hmm. happen. Um, I think both Pena and and Poisson are much more highly regarded than Aaron Bracho, who I I've read. I don't I don't really see the 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 hype for Aaron Bracho. I don't really understand. Um, like, I mean, Logan Hagen is another guy. I mean. I, I, I follow Eric Loggenhagen and Kyler McDaniel and Keith Law, and none of them think he's anything. Or, or, or it's, they don't see future star with him. And it's like, if you're going to take a guy yeah, who's that, that far away, he's got to be a future, like, potential star. Or what's the point? Well, so, yeah, I mean, some fantasy prospect writers say, like, he's grouped into the possible next Franco group. Um, I think that's what Chris was probably reading. I read it too. Right. Like, I had a, I had him pretty high up as like a lottery pick kind of guy that you know that wasn't the way my draft was going to go so I knew I was not going to pick him but um you know I'm not so I mean Chris is look at Torkelson yeah no uh, that, the Torkelson the Torkelson pick was amazing that looks that looks fantastic in yeah. retrospect I just think though and, and this I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna go out and criticize the whole industry here I think there is this kind of new industry of um, prospect writers for fantasy who are writing for people like us who don't know <laughs> any more about prospects than we do. They only, they, they don't scout. Right. They, 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 they know what they read on the internet and like, you got to be different in some way. You got to generate, you got to generate content. And so you're trying to find these guys, you're trying to find some, you know, the, the next Franco 
And and you you right. you hit on a guy like Aaron Bracho who is really far off, has a few skills, but like I think like two years ago we would not have given a shit who Aaron Brad about Aaron Bracho. Like this is not a guy that I think we were, would have been on any of our radars. And I think he's he's just someone that you know someone like me with a bunch of time on his hands dug this guy up and, and started touting him. And I don't think any of the guys who right. actually scout players are really into this, into this guy at all. Fair enough. I mean, I don't know, you know, like I picked one time I picked a junior in high school, <laughs> you know, I'm just, you know, Clinton and then was able to trade him for something. Oh, Clinton, <laughs> you know, oh like, man, forgot about that guy. Yeah. I think he got him arrested and he had a, I think he had a Tommy John and then it didn't work out for him. But uh, yeah, I mean, I think that's right. Cause we're all trying to hit the lotto in this thing. Yeah. Um, so who are you think were kind of the safer ones of these guys? I mean, I, I, these are, they're kind of different cause they're college guys, but I liked Brophy and I's picks a lot. Uh, I like, I mean, a- yeah. Asa Lacey is a guy who I think it's kind of similar to Zach V and his stock was kind of on the rise right around the time we were drafting. And so the list maybe didn't reflect uh, exactly where he, where he was sitting at the time, but like the scouting reports that mm-hmm. were coming back, people had seen him were, were glowing. And I think he's kind of, if you look at like any draft, any prospect ranking now for the draft, he's like the clear third best prospect pretty much across the board now. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I think he's, he's interesting. I mean, he was always a guy who was like a top 10 prospect in this draft. It's not like he came totally out of nowhere, but he, you know, he's a he's a big lefty, throws hard. Um, you know, I think there's, I've seen people ha- have concerns that his delivery is a bit wild, uh, could lead to injuries mm-hmm. and or control issues. But the stuff seems nasty, and and we'll see how it plays. You know, I've seen like left-handed version of Mike Clevenger kind of comparisons to him. So, you know, and you can dream mm-hmm. on that. Uh, Nick Gonzalez is is a guy who he's got a big time bat. I mean, the the stats are ridiculous. Grant he plays. In New Mexico yeah. at altitude, Mexico. Um, played a lot of his games at altitude this but year, the, but the stats were just ridiculous. Like I wasn't it like a six hundred OBP. Or yeah, like that? I, it, it, mm-hmm. I, I, I'm gonna see if I can find it while while we're we're talking. But I know it was at least five hundred because I wrote about him today in the second base rankings. Yeah, it was. He his numbers were just absolutely insane. Like I looked them up at one point, it was just like, what is that real? Um, yeah, he he had a 1765 OPS. Um, yeah, and uh, it's with a 610 OBP. Um, so, I mean... Oh, my God. Well, I mean, you might as well take him in the third right. round of the double uh, I think there, there are questions about whether, you know, where, he, where he's going to end up on the field. I think, you know, it's, he might be a first baseman. Um, he's kind of small, but... Yeah, I, th- I think the bat the the bat is legit enough that he's you know I think he's widely considered a top five or six prospect in this draft now, and um, he's another guy whose stock is kind of mm-hmm. on the rise because of early season production. Who also, I mean, he's always viewed as a first rounder, but I think kind of became a clear cut top ten, maybe even a top five pick in this draft with his performance mm-hmm. over the season. It's pretty impressive. Um, and then yeah, I, some of the guys who who kind of fell. Um, you know, again, Nico Horner. I don't know how he got. I don't know how he was still on the board. I had him. I can. I had him as like a mid-second round pick. Uh, kind of surprised. Mm-hmm. I thought he could go in the first. Yeah, round. I mean, he's he was ready. You know, if if I trusted that, I, I I devised a system for like trying to put a value on on prospects just based on like potential outcomes, and 
that, that that equation told me he was super valuable because it was also heavily valuing close guys who were close to the majors. But it it really it said that he was very mm-hmm. valuable, like you know, top five overall in this draft. Um, yeah, I mean, that, the, in the you know, I've, I, I as part of that kind of new content, there's been a fair amount of like prospect mock drafts with like experts, and he was consistently going in what would be our first right. round. So I just felt like it was worth the money, especially knowing that like second base was really shallow and I did probably wouldn't have the money to pay for like a Moustakis or a Muncie to just take a shot at it. But I'm not like counting my chickens at all that it's going to be worth anything. I mean, that tends to happen in these drafts, like guys who are traditionally ranked higher, who hang around. So like the Josh Lowe. Yeah, Lowe is the other one I was going to point to, who I was surprised fell as far as he did. Yeah, what do you think about Michael Bush? So, it seems like he can hit. I didn't know too much about him, but he seems pretty highly regarded, um, at least for a future second baseman for the Dodgers. Yeah, well, I, I want to say one more thing about Horner real quick before before we move off. Of, oh, sorry. Horner, but I saw I, I saw what I thought. I, I, it was kind of a great I, – I, I mean, great. I don't know, but I, I thought this sounded like a great comparison in terms of possible outcomes for Nico Horner. As someone said, his floor is Mark Grizzolanek. And so you're like you know he's like this utility you know like a, a, a utility guy who hangs around forever and his ceiling is Ian Kinsler um, and so there, there's you know worst case scenario he's a major leaguer who you probably don't want to roster in LDB and you know and in best case yeah. you got a guy who's probably a top ten second baseman for the the entirety of his contract so that's there there yeah, are worst yeah, yeah. possible outcomes but as for Michael Bush. I still don't really know anything about him. I was, I, I, he and Peyton Burdick were, I don't think I've heard of either of those guys. Um, I looked after the fact, I think Bush was a bit more uh, highly regarded as a prospect. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Burdick that I don't know about. So yeah. I don't, I don't the, <laughs> those two guys that I just was, they were not on my radar at all. I think Burdick, Burdick made, was he the one that was a first round pick last year? Um, I mean, they were both, they're both prospects. They're not, I don't they're not like nobody's, but uh, mm-hmm. now Burdick was a third round pick last year for the month. I think maybe Bush was the first round pick, but Burdick was a third round pick. Um, he put up some very impressive numbers in, in low A, um, but I don't know much about him. Uh, Michael Bush, I, believe, I think he was the first rounder then from last year um, with the Dodgers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Bush was, mm-hmm. yeah, he was the 31st pick in the draft. Um, and yeah, I mean, I wrote, I wrote about him in the second base series. It seems like he's got some patience and some power. Right, right, exactly. Um, we didn't really play much last year, so you kind of not really much to to, re, to figure to see from there. But yeah, I mean, he seems a bit more legit, just given that he was a first rounder. Uh, you know, Fangrass has him as an FE forty five. And Burdick's also an FE forty five. So I mean, they're these are both um, both guys who could be. Legit, they were not on my radar, um, but I, I can't say they're bad picks. I honestly don't know enough about either of them. Um, yeah, yeah, we don't know yet. Uh, I, I like the the Heriberto Hernandez pick um, as well from from Becker. He was the guy that I'd read about. Uh, now he that, uh, Logan Hagen was kind of out on a limb with that guy and putting him on his top one hundred, but he sounds like fun. He led, I think he led the minors in average exit velocity or something like that. Um, oh well, yeah, he was a big hit and. and yeah, I think I did some reading about him uh, in preparing. 
some folks like him. I don't know that. Yeah, much, it seems though. like he's probably. So he, so he sounds like he, he's, he hits the ball really hard. He's he probably is a DH, <laughs> um, but but the 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 bat seems to be able to to potentially get it to play and to be something special there because of how hard he hits the ball. So, you know, it's, he, of the three, he was the one I was, was most aware of and was on my list. The other two were not at all. Um, but, you know, we'll see. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it, I don't think any of them were, were terrible picks at this point. Uh, there's more guys that I was as aware of as some of the other guys out there. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I was surprised Josh Lowe fell. What do you know? Do you know much about this Cuban guy? Yeah. I, I he's I I think he's fine. Um, I think what did I see? Um, so uh, the Fangraphs guys wrote him up uh, at some point. I wrote about him. They said like he if he was in the draft, he'd probably be like a late first round pick. So he's like he's, he's legitimate, he's, but that didn't seem like a guy that was maybe worth taking in this draft. But I don't think he's he's a better pick than Oscar Colas. So <laughs> <laughs> but I think I think it was maybe a reach, but you know, again, at this point in the third round, uh, a, he's a, he's a better prospect than Colas. He's a, he's a, a later pick. Uh, it's probably fine. I think there's a decent chance he doesn't amount to anything, but that's just because you know he's what he's like 18 and he's a pitcher, and <laughs> those guys don't have a great track record. I mean, that's the same you can say about most of the third round of the Double A draft. They're not going to right, yeah. <laughs> Um, I mean, I think I think there's there's a decent chance that in two years, like we have no idea what's become of this guy, and and then there's just as good of a chance that he's on a top 100 list somewhere. Right, right. Which is your favorite pick of the third? Yours? Uh, I mean, I, I like I liked a lot of the the guys who were t- the the draft guys. So the Josh Lopez, that was another guy that kind of like um, Alec Thomas, it's just like, why did he fall as far as he did? There wasn't really a lot of reason for that. I, I, he was the other guy when I traded back and, and took Solak, he was the other guy I was considering at that pick. And that was, what was that? That was pick 26. And then he lasted for 19 more picks. Um, just seemed like a guy that should have gone a lot earlier than that. And I don't know why, exactly he fell he seems like the kind of guy that if he was 18 we would have gotten really excited about for the fact that he's like 21 or 22 like i don't know it's weird he's got this power speed combo that should be interesting for our purposes yeah i would say i mean maybe people are just wary of uh, all the lows yeah well he's brothers (laughs) with one of them he's nate Lowe's brother i think with He's Nate Lowe's older brother. Uh, wait, older brother? I think he's younger, younger brother. brother. See, he's 22. And Nate, Lowe, and Nate Lowe's got to be older than 22, right? Yeah, he's 24, yeah, almost so. 25. Yeah, so he's like three years younger yeah. than Nate. Oh, I hope Nate Lowe does something. I, I, As you know, I really struggled between him and Andrew Vaughn, and now Vaughn's the cream of the... Yeah, but, you know, again, like, Lowe's... Play, we, we know a lot more about Lowe. I mean, we know Lowe can hang in AAA and maybe he can cut it in the majors. Vaughn, it's, it's a ways to go still. Um, I think there, there certainly seems to be some concern about bat speed with Nate Lowe is, is the one thing that I've read. Yeah. That I think we've talked about this, but his ability to hit high speed is, is in question. And the, I, it was certainly concerning that Tampa didn't seem confident enough to – yeah, they like went out yeah, of the kind of bury him. 
Phil Furred Face. Yeah, uh, which I, we didn't talk about uh, Lodolo or Hendrick before we. Yeah, I mentioned up. Hendrick in the last in the last one. He's a tough one. He dropped a bunch in in Loggenhagen's last list. That's because he's like a Northeast guy who basically didn't get a season. Um, so mm-hmm. no one really knows what to make of him. There. Um, yeah, potentially he could be interesting, but I, I think we just don't know enough. Um, he's the kind of guy where if if there were a minor league season this year, which doesn't seem like there's going to be, he, if he had, if he showed well, if he, if he hit well in, in the minors, who could, who could shoot up a list. But I don't know if we're going to know enough this year um, on him. So he's promising. You know, he's like a lot of these other guys um, who, you know, there's, there's a potential, there's potential, certainly potential. Um, Lodolo, is a weird pitcher. Um, he doesn't walk anybody. Uh, he doesn't, he has, so, you know, elite command. Um, he doesn't have nothing stuff, but he, he, I don't, his stuff is pretty average, um, but average stuff in elite command can play. I mean, you know, especially if right, you're lefty. Right, exactly. So, I mean, a guy, a guys like this, I feel like sometimes, you know, we, we, there are great versions of this player out there. And then sometimes they just like, you know, get to the majors and their K rate is like five per nine. And that's just not, it's just not going to get it done these days. Um, right. So I don't know. I, I, guys like that are tough for me to want to take in these drafts because the ceiling just doesn't seem high enough when the, and, and, you know, the floor is, like, like these kinds, these guys are kind of viewed as "quote unquote" high floor, but that's not really the case. The floor is that they're, you know, a sixth starter and and like bounce back and forth between the majors and the minors. <laughs> that's like, you know, that that's right, like right. that seems like worst case scenario. That's not really what you're looking for. Like when I want high floor, I want a guy who you know I know is going to be useful, even if he's not like a star and I don't think that's Nick Lodolo and I don't know if the ceiling is, is high mm-hmm. enough to warrant uh, taking a double A for that reason. Gotcha. I mean, I think that makes sense. All right, man. So um, this is kind of a, I guess, um, is there anybody who you feel like really won this draft or lost it from an LDB perspective? I don't, I, I don't know. I mean, I don't think anyone off the top of my head did so well that they I have um, let me pull up, I have my I have it broken down by team to anyone anyone's team I mean it's like Mark I love Mark's picks but also Mark had a million picks and a lot of them were high <laughs> so yeah. I don't want to give Mark too- yeah Mark won the, Mark won the draft uh, right by <laughs> you know I, of of Mark's guys I like most of them where he took them um, you know I think he I think he did really uh, we talked earlier I, I think he did really well with Brandon Davis I think he did really well with Jose Garcia mm-hmm. in the second round. You know, I didn't love the pitchers, but you know, all, all in all, you know, we got what six, seven players on it. Added seven players, and uh, nothing wrong with that. Um, mm-hmm. No, I didn't love Jorvis, you know, largely because of the Colas pick, and to pair Colas with a guy like Austin Hendrick, who's also a bit of an unknown. Um, I would have liked mm-hmm. to see a little bit more certainty, and also, you know, Carroll is is young and and far off too, and so I don't know. That was just a lot of mm-hmm. a lot of guys who. I have a lot of risk. Um, I would like to see yeah. a little bit more uh, there, but you know, that, this is kind of in Jorvi style. This, this is a risk reward thing, and um, he's got a lot of those guys in the majors now, and, and should be all right. Yeah, now he's in great shape. Finally, uh, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I guess for bang for his buck, I really I like 
for me, I like Sean's yeah. draft. You know, Jeter Downs, Alex Thomas, and Eric Pena. That's like a nice balance of um, two closer guys. And yeah, I think he took two guy guys and... who kind of fell a little bit further than they should have in, in Downs and Thomas. Right. And Pena's a nice wild card yeah, he... kind of pick there at the end. He, he yeah he didn't try to get cute with those first two. He's like, okay, well these guys are available. They're ranked higher than where they are. Let's just you know let's trust the right, consensus. Right, exactly. Which I don't think there's anything wrong right. with that. Like that's the way I felt about Gilbert. Like once Gilbert was there at um fifteen, I like really I was like I'm willing to give up what I gave up because he to me was the highest ranked available right. and it seemed like a fairly safe choice. And, yeah. Um, so I like, yeah, I, mean, I, I, you know, you only got the two guys, but I, you know, I like both Gilbert and Horner where you got them. I think, you know, the, you got a good value out of both of those. I don't remember what you paid for the Horner, yeah, pick, I mean, what I, you paid for the Horner pick, but it probably was worth it. Thanks. Yeah. I mean, to me, like I now have something like 17 or so prospects that are all like on a list or right. in the majors. So, I don't need three or four more guys. I have to decide which of those guys are going to be helpful and be patient enough to trade them only when it's necessary and not to like be okay. Right. You know, we, the union has a lot of good teams. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I, 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 I don't know if you could tell them now, but I mean, I did my, my strategy in this draft was, you know, I took two guys who I thought could help me right away and two guys who I thought could really see their value increase in a year and could be great trade chips or it could help me down the line. And, uh, but that was kind of the idea. It was like, you know, I, I want guys who can help me now and guys who are going to potentially great trade chips for me uh, in Lacey and Martin. So I don't know. We'll see how that works. I was, I was happy with the guys that I got uh, in the end. Um, I really, my goal, I really wanted, I was really hoping to find a way to get Mart, Mart, uh, Martin and Urquidy and, Tariq Skubal in the first round. It didn't pan out, but I got two of the three. And I got Nick Solak, who I really like. So. Got to feel good about that. All right, man. So on Thursday, we'll finish it out. We have um, a few teams that still need a fair amount of help, it looks like, in there to complete their I think, I, think I, I, I think I have the second most spots to fill after Jeff, maybe. You, you have 13. Mark has 13, and Jeff has 17. Yeah, okay. There we go. Is Jeff going to be joining us? I don't know. I haven't talked to him. We spoke a couple of weeks ago. I mean, he's, he's going to be there in some capacity. Um, he, he, will be, he will be drafting right. AAA or in, uh, in the snake, if nothing else. And I told right. him he, well, I would allow him to, to keep going in the snake and fill out his roster if he wanted to do that. Great. All right. Well, we're looking forward to seeing everybody uh, on Thursday. And uh, thanks for tuning in. (laughs) Thanks, Ian. Have a good one. All right.